Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Stephen Brannan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Two sets of 40 days have just been completed. One leading up to the Feast of the Resurrection and the other following from it. The two sets of 40 aren't necessarily opposites or inverse of each other. They actually run linearly, like the calendar itself does, like a story, a narrative. But the event that occurs at the center of them, where the two 40s meet, defines them both but colors them each differently. It's an apex, the peak of a mountain, with the two sets of 40 the slopes on either side. The peak is what makes each slope what it is. It defines them, gives them their contours and characters. During Lent, we climb up and up toward the Paschal Peak, exercising spiritual disciplines along the way, exerting ourselves, learning new skills, conditioning ourselves, and getting into shape. At the very top, as we leave the shadows of that slope behind us, the risen sun shone directly on us. The beauty and magnitude of that sight in front of us was dazzling, and in all the services, readings, the chants and antiphons and prayers and anthems, we, like the disciples, could barely take it all in. We found that the altitude there was exhilarating, but exhausting. (laughs) The resurrection landscape then spread out in front of us, that is, the implications of what Christ's resurrection means for this world, is vast and not easy to comprehend all at once. The slope we've walked on this side, this set of 40, has been gentler, illuminating, and refreshing. But this slope, a veritable plateau compared to the brutal climb we endured during Lent, has led us, before we knew it, to yet another overlook. It turns out that the resurrection summit 40 days behind us now, though is still the highest by far, it was not the only peak there was to climb. Our road continues, and there are a myriad of new features in the sprawling landscape before us to conquer. Flat desert lands, deep, mysterious valleys, dark forests, craggy hilltops. That's what can be seen from the vantage point on the hill of the Ascension. This Thursday was the Feast of the Ascension, and it marked the completion of 40 days after Pascha. The two slopes of the mountain of mountains, whose summit is the Feast of Feasts, have been fully traversed, and now we leave that mountain for something new, but not entirely new. It's almost as if every landscape we encounter from here on out, no matter how strange or foreign or daunting or disorienting, is only still a small feature at the foot of the resurrection mountain. If we only remember to turn and look to see it, that golden peak will always be dominating the eastern horizon, never growing smaller regardless of how far we continue to journey. Go into all the world, the Lord tells us at his ascension. We're ambassadors now of the holy mountain, bringing its fruit, its wholesome air, its refreshing dew into the dry places of the world. He whose kingdom is that holy mountain, who sits down on his throne there, nevertheless remains present with us as we continue journeying on. I am with you even until the end of the age. Or in a much more edifying translation, I think, even until the consummation of the world. How, though, 
How can he be with us if he takes his place on his throne while we, poised at the boundary of the rich, fertile resurrection slope, are about to step out into the deadlands where, how was it put in our gospel passage just now? Whosoever killeth you will think they do God service. Well, it turns out that the way not to be cut off from the king of the holy mountain is to take him with us in our hearts. The way not to starve or thirst in the deadlands is to take the life of the mountain with us. When there's no water to be found all around us, we will have a spring welling up inside us that gushes living water. The liturgical color for the majority of the year following Pentecost is green, symbolizing life and growth. But that's not to indicate the state of the world that we will be journeying into, but rather the state of our hearts as we ourselves carry that life into the world. Right now on the edge of the Easter slopes, with the uncertain soils of the world before our feet, we pause. Not because we ourselves are uncertain, but because it's meet and right to acknowledge the epic journey of 80 days that we've just completed, the mountain that changed history forever. We pause according to the ordained timing of God to give thanks for the Paschal journey and to prepare our hearts for the coming mission. The consummation of the world is out beyond the dark horizons in front of us, and we don't know when or where that will be. But we're promised not to be abandoned from here all the way to there. And the mode of God's presence with us, how we keep Jesus in our hearts, and how we are able to continue praying to our Father and being connected to Him, is by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. The pouring out of that Spirit of God, the Spirit of Truth, will seal us for the future consummation of the world. In fact, His coming is itself a foretaste of that consummation, mystically represented in the number 50, the day of His descent. That's what Pentecost means, 50th day. Being not just the seven-day completion of a week, not just the multiplicity of sevens in a cycle, uh, symbolically represented as seven times seven, but rather it's seven times seven plus something else, plus one. Seven times seven, 49, plus one, 50. We end up at Pentecost, the consummation, the full completeness. It's all that we've ever known is completion, even completion repeated in a cycle, but also with a capstone to complete, nay, to consummate it. So, what does all this actually mean about the descent of the Holy Spirit, which will be next Sunday, Pentecost? That he brings the mountaintop and the slopes of paradise into our present moment, into our very midst. Wherever in the world we happen to be, whatever deep valley, craggy hilltop, dark forest, or dry desert we find ourselves in, the spirit of truth can manifest to us the eternal life, the superabundant grace of the holy mountain. We breathe that mountain air in our souls. We drink of and share that living wellspring through our spiritual gifts and charisms. And most significantly, we taste the fruit of that land, the very physical presence of Jesus in the miraculous food of the altar, the Eucharist. Remain until you have been clothed with power on high. That's where we are liturgically today, marking that amazing circumstance the disciples found themselves in 2,000 years ago and uniting ourselves in remembrance with them. It needs to be clearly said that we have the Holy Spirit with us here and now because Pentecost was a historical event back then. 
That's a non-negotiable tenet of our faith. But we relive it and thus reclaim that reality for ourselves in a fresh way year by year. One of the ways we can really enter into that uh, reclaiming is through the Pentecost Novena. It's, uh, it's something we can do to pray daily, uh, helping us prepare for next Sunday, the Feast of Pentecost. So let's take this on, giving thanks to God for the road that we've traveled already, and especially asking for help to make us ready for the road that lies ahead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and Reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.